the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And every weekday at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word, we get together to take your phone calls and answer your Bible questions. Uh, Anything on your heart. Uh, Today especially, ladies, it's a program that we've designated for you. But whatever's on your heart and mind, we'll do the best that we can to answer you need only to call us, 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now but banner and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number one more time is 340-9585. Now this is one of those days that I wish this was more than a radio show, that it was like live streamed or television show, because you should see how beautiful Paula looks today. (laughs) She is stunning. Thank you. I'm glad it's not TV, though, because here I am just like squirming in my seat and just looking all embarrassed. And I'm looking at myself thinking, mm, oh, well, but. You see, if I were you, I would look at you, too. <laughs> you were Thank looking you. at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it feels like now when I'm embarrassing you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was something I was going to say, and I just forgot. That's one of the disadvantages of age. I guess your beauty stunned me. That's it what it was, right? Stunned me silent. <laughs> what can I say? I was, I, I had a cohesive thought, yeah, and now it's just gone. Well, I, I'm so sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we were doing just before we came in into the program, of course, I've told you before that we got a whole bunch of kids that come in here and pray for the Ooh, radio yeah. program every day. Today, there were like more than ever, but all the kids around now. What I try to do is try to expose them to some serious culture every day. Mm -hmm. So when I know they're getting ready to come in, I'll go on YouTube and put on some Beatles music or Beach Boys music or something like that. They'll come in, they'll get that look on their face like, oh, what's that? Mm -hmm. And and I'm just trying to expand their horizon. Well, today we had the Beatles on, and the kids absolutely loved it. They absolutely loved it, except for one. She had her lip up. Yeah. (laughs) I put something music on there. And so I'm trying to explain to them, what great music this is, the f- most famous band that's ever lived. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they just like hanging out. That's why they put up with me. I do, too. And and there were so many kids in here, and I could hardly get into the door. And we had a first-timer pray today, first time he's ever been in yes. the room to pray. So, But it was one of those things where it's like his first time in, and they said, go ahead and pray. And he he wasn't like, oh, man, no, I've never been here or anything. He's like, no. Dear God, thank you so much for a wonderful day, and and uh, for Mama Paula, and for Papa Ron, and no bugs, and for Mochi, his, that his arm would he, get better. He, he broke his arm. Yes. So. 
so cute. I mean, no hesitation whatsoever, just these kids. That was Zayden today. Yeah. He just did great. He just went right into prayer. He's like, yeah, I'm up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paula, what's on your heart? It's your show. Yes, it is. And so what, what I'm going to apologize, I'm apologizing to all the people on the street today. Because when I got in the car, I was aggressive. I had an attitude today. So if anybody was out there that I affected, I'm so sorry. So that was, you know, then I went home. I was like, Lord, I had an attitude. I was kind of aggressive today. Like, get out of my way. I'm hungry. Get out of my way. I got another appointment. You know, (laughs) perspective is everything. Oh, my goodness. Because while you think you're being aggressive, I'm sitting there thinking, why is she in the right lane? Why is she behind this truck? She could just go out and go faster and go right. (laughs) See, I don't drive anymore, so I kind of do it mentally. Yeah, yeah. And I, but see, still, I can't stand before the Lord and says, "I'm, I'm influenced by you know my passenger." The Lord's going to say, "No, no, Paula, you are the one behind the wheel." So anyway, I went home thinking, "Lord, I was not the Christian woman I should have been today. Please forgive me, not taking for granted that I have to get in the car a little bit later. <laughs> I'm supposed to be changing every moment." So anyway, um, thank you for asking for prayer for Jocelyn and I for the retreat we're getting ready to do tomorrow. is tomorrow. And then we have uh, one of our sweet ladies going with us to encourage us and to encourage the other ladies over there, Lori. So thank you so much for prayer. But it's, um, I was telling you earlier that I'm not nearly as anxious I'm more excited about this retreat, doing this one. And I've been, I was there two years ago. Uh, maybe I'm kind of, I'm, I'm excited that they asked me back. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one thing to be asked once. It, yeah. When they ask you back, it's like, woof. Yeah, yeah, maybe they're trying to give me another shot. Yeah. But, um, but now, anyway. Now, tell, tell me where you're going. Going to Galveston. Yes. But it's Calvary Chapel where? It's, it's supposed to be Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, but they call themselves Cross Connection. Um, but, yeah, uh, and so that's where we're going to be. We're leaving really early tomorrow morning because uh, I'll be teaching tomorrow night. And then the other pastor wife, pastor's wife will teach Saturday morning, and then I'll teach Saturday afternoon. So I think I'm more excited. I don't know. Maybe it's just the two, two themes that I'm teaching. I'm going to be teaching the lost sheep and then um, the good shepherd. And so as I've been studying for both of those, um, you know, there's been so much going on. At first, I was like, oh, man, when I look at the calendar, I've got something every single day. When am I going to have time to study and, and do all the things I need to do? And yet, you know, the Lord says, can we just do one day at a time, do one thing at a time, and um, I'll take care of this. And so in in studying for both of these, and I finished my second study all on paper, got it printed and everything last night. So I'm I'm really done. I'm like, wow. I'm not having to like do notes and stuff once I'm there. Um, and you know what's going to happen though when you get to speak, you're going to forget your notes and probably. the Lord will just sort of take over. Yeah, but you know what the coolest thing is, Pastor Ron, and I know you know this is I've done the study. I've done I've done the work, and and um, you you put it in. The Lord brings it out. Yeah, and I'm. It's not one of those where it was shortcut, short changed. In my time of study, I have plenty of time. And um, in that, the Lord is really awesome, of course. But I, I feel like I'm going to go there and just boast in the Lord, no matter who you are, what you've done, who's done what to you. You're a lost sheep, and he wants to find you, you know, because he's not lost. We're the lost one. And, and what you've been praying for years, not just the lost but the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. You know, this is one of those. You not, just described our church. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and every church, yeah. really. Um, and it's not like this is, I'm comfortable like this is in my wheelhouse. Not that at all. I'm excited because I'll be able to tell whoever will listen that he wants to rescue you. And then with the good shepherd, uh, you know. He wants to use you to go and rescue others. And so I, I, I think I'm just really excited to see what he's going to do. Um, you know, we so know, and I mean, we, we talk about this a lot with our own retreats and conferences. But um, we, we know that God prepares people's hearts for these things. 
Uh, they're spending some money to go. They're taking some time away from home to go. And we know that the Lord is going to meet them there. And and there's going to be some who are not saved. And there's going to be some who are hurting, whether it's physically or spiritually or emotionally. Uh, they're hurting. And Jesus wants to meet them. There's going to be others who are hungry. And by that, I always mean when I pray that, that there, there are Christians there. And yet they know there's more. They, they want more of Jesus. They want more in terms of, of being in his will. Uh, he knows those ladies are going to be there. Uh, the broken, the needy, and the confused. Well, that describes so many in, in churches everywhere that, that Jesus is going to make a special appearance to meet them and, again, life-changing possibilities. Yeah. Um, the two years ago that I was there, I had uh, this one lady, she came up to me the, the second day, you know, and she was, you know, one of those that were sitting there listening with her arms crossed, you know, at that kind of a hard look about her, you know, and I'm thinking the whole time, I'm steady talking. I don't know anything. I never know what's going on in the other church. And I, when we have our retreats, I never tell the pastor's wife who's coming to speak what's going on in our church. So anyway, I don't know what's going on. And you know how your eyes will kind of see somebody and you just know something's going on, but, you know, I don't know them from anything. So anyway, she's all, yeah, like, what has she got to say to me? Why am I even here? I can't, why did I come over here in the first place? You know, And that's what she told me later. I wasn't even going to come to this. And I don't know why I'm here or what until you said. And then she kind of broke down. Uh, but it was about forgiveness. You know? um, in, in spite of what other people have done to you. And you be the bigger person and offer forgiveness. Because... A lot of times, and I don't, you know, like with, like now I have my notes, what you just said. I have my notes. I can read them, but a lot of times I'm saying something. Well, I'm looking at my notes. I'm not saying what's on my notes. And so I don't know what God's going to do. So anyway, so I'm talking and saying, talking about forgiveness, you know. Uh, sometimes we have people in our lives that we never say we're sorry to, and then they die. And then we're, we have to live with that woulda, coulda, shoulda. And um, so this lady was like not happy with what I said. And yet about what, two or three months later, she calls me to say, calls me on my home phone. I'll get my phone number away to say, you know, I was so upset with you and what you had to say. And she said, you remember I told you that. I said, yeah. <laughs> she, I said, yeah, I remember very well what you told me. Um, but she said, I went home and I did what you said to do. And then she's really crying. Thank you so much. It was my mother. And she had been very ill, and she was worse to me than she was when she wasn't ill. And But when I offered her forgiveness, she changed. Mm-hmm. She said, I was able to lead her to the Lord. But she died, you know, and she, she says, I am so thankful that I did what you said. And then uh, she said, maybe get to see her again. I hope I get to see her again. It would be really, really fun. And that's the guy. I don't know what her husband's name is, but he came to you at a a thing in Houston and said, oh, man, love your wife. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. My I, marriage is different because yeah. my wife came home. I spoke at a men's conference there, and this guy came up, and he just said, "Look, I got to tell you, I love your wife. She's the best." And and on and on and on. I said, "Well, well, when did you hear my? No, no, my wife was at the place you did. It just yeah. changed everything in our life. See, that's what these conferences are about. And you know, we get so wound up in our day to day activity, and we get so caught up in sometimes the seeming impossibility of what it is that God's asking us to do." that we, we just sort of disengage from the possibility that this could be something of real value. We come up with excuses not to go. When Jesus asks you on a date, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You just got to go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. They asked me to come over there, and, you know, usually I'm mad because I'm nervous. You know, I don't, they want me to come over there because they think I'm like you, Pastor Ron. And uh, that's what, what I used to always say. Uh, but, now I'm more excited to go because I really, I really want the ladies to get it, you know. 
That's what we do as Bible teachers. Paul, we got Jimmy holding from San Antonio on line one. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, um, uh, how are y'all doing? Good, Good, Jimmy. How you doing? Good, ma'am. Hey, um, the other night I woke up, I check, I went to check on my mom, and she had the TV, this TV show on, and this, this uh, guy was on the on, on the TV saying, "If you give a hundred dollars to my ministry, I promise you that I will, uh, I will give you a bottle of honey, and it will cure you, cure you." But uh, those are false prophets, right? <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> and, and I want to tell her, don't watch those TV shows. And, you know, because you know, well, yeah. Jimmy, go go right ahead and tell her because mm-hmm. that's just uh, th- th- those shows ought to come with a skull and crossbones on a on a viewer warning label. So yeah, it's just false teaching junk. It's it's people making market out of the people of God and. Uh, it, it's just a tragedy. And, and what's real tragic is that so many people who are not familiar enough with their Bibles, uh, they get sucked into it over and over and over. So mm-hmm. go ahead and tell her. Tell her it's, uh, it's, it's just not something good to be watching. And if you're a, a caretaker, uh, make sure her checkbook is not where she can get to it. <laughs> uh, and I'm not just kidding. My grandma had signed... Some people came to her house. This is many years ago. She's now with uh-huh. the Lord, I, I hope, I think. I don't know. Um, but they made her sign papers. Of she was going to give so much per month. Well, she stopped coming to church, but they didn't stop coming to her house to collect. No kidding, Jimmy. You know, those people get me so upset. And, and uh, I, I mean, I fell into it a long time ago in the eight, late 80s. You know, it was a pastor named Hilton. Don't know that. And, <laughs> we don't need to know his name. <laughs> and, and, and but you know, I learned, and I, I said, you know, I learned, and I said, why am I making a vow of a thousand dollars of faith? God wants my heart, not my thousand dollars. And I learned that, and I didn't give him no thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't need to make a vow of a thousand dollars. So God can touch my heart and heal me. He wants my heart. He wants my. Uh, he wants me. He doesn't want my money to to give to some TV evangelist. And Jimmy, he'll take your heart even if it's sick. That's the best thing about God. <laughs> yeah, but I was young there. I was a young Christian. Yep. Amen. Take care of your mama. Help her. Hope she listens to you. Well, no, she just Thank came you, to the Lord, right? She just came to the Lord, and that's why uh-huh. I'm, she's watching these TV shows. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to them. That's it. Don't listen to those get, guys. Get her the Bible on tape or something so she can listen to the Word being read. That's much yeah. better and and uh, supernatural. Jimmy, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. I will be praying for your mom. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. if you have any calls or questions for me or for Paula today. Paula, what's next? Um, I remember asking for prayer for time management. um, Because remember, I I had confessed on this show before, too, that, you know, go home and eat my lunch and kind of watch Home and Garden TV while I was eating my lunch, which, you know, takes, what, about 30 minutes from preparing to eating, you know, cleaning up for like an hour and a half, two hours. (laughs) And so... Uh, the Lord has answered that prayer. And you know what? Using my time a lot more wisely, and this is not a legalistic kind of a thing, um, but that's how I've been able to get my studies in. And not just getting my studies in, but getting more of the Word into me. And um, so I wanted to give a little shout-out to my Dr. Sheba because she's the one I asked to pray for that, just um, God answers prayers, and so I'm, I'm really thankful. Um, I want to make an announcement that for the next two Monday nights, we will not be having the men's and the women's studies. I'm sure the junior high and the high schoolers will still continue, but um, the adult uh, Bible studies will stop for two weeks, and then we come back with, yeah, yeah, sweet summer devotions. (laughs) And I'm so excited. Daniel uh, chapter 12, verse 3 is our our theme of shining stars. 
And so this is at the time of the end. But what it says, um, I'll read one through three if that's okay. Mm-hmm. At that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. And there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. So verse 3 is our verse. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. So this year is Shining Stars, and we have nine ladies who will be sharing their testimony. And I pray that people will come to listen. Yeah. It's, it's always a big deal around here. You know, lots and lots and lots of ladies come to those Monday nights, and uh, Sweet Sour Devotion's been one of the best ideas uh, you ever had. I mean, <laughs> I just said, oh, just teach the Bible. God told me to be quiet. Uh, before we go to a phone call, Paula, um, just a quick w- word of explanation. Things are so crazy busy around here the last two weeks of May Ooh, mm-hmm. that uh, with school, graduation, banquets, award ceremonies, senior lunches, things like that, uh, that we always take this break right at the end of the school year, mm-hmm. and then we jump into the Sweet Summer Devotions, and that's going on. Let's go to uh, line two, Sam from San Antonio. Sam, thanks for being patient. You're on the air. Absolutely. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, I have a really interesting question. So I got, on Mother's Day morning, I got attacked by a demon. I believe it was a demon um, for the third time in my life over the past three years. Um, I was just wondering, I I don't know why. um, I've noticed the pattern is that every time I'm beginning to walk with the Lord or I'm doing something for the Lord, uh, like on Friday, I, I fasted, and then on Sunday, I got attacked by the demon. Um, the previous time was I was going through a sexual purity class, and um, I got attacked by a demon in my sleep. And it's every single time it's when I'm trying to sleep. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, you know, Sam, I think two things. Um, uh, I think when we make that step to, to surrendering to the Lord, and I'm talking about just, Jesus, I'm giving you all of me. Whenever we make that step, um, we should expect to be attacked by the enemy. Uh, I'm one of those guys who has terrible nightmares and and um, uh, just seeming unceasing attacks. I don't mean it happens every day or every night, but, but it happens so often. And it's one of those things that you just got to sort of shake yourself and wake up and say, you know what, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And, and you've got to remember that, that, that the Lord is in control, that you belong to him. And it always takes me a few minutes to sort of get my bearings and remember uh, what's going on. The dreams are so real. And, and in the dreams, and while it's not physical, there are times when the, in the dream, in the nightmare, it can feel so physical. Uh, I've actually uh, awakened with my chest hurting. Uh, one time uh, the, the devil was like on top of me and he and he hit my chest really really hard and and I could feel it the next day now I know it wasn't physical but the manifestation of it was and so Sam what 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 you're experiencing is normal for anybody anybody at all who who is going to make that turn to the Lord one of the things I think it's really important you said you were at a sexual purity uh, thing you know uh, Paul makes it very clear that when a man sins sexually um, we're sinning against the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're sinning against ourselves. And the inference is clear that sexual sin gives the enemy a deeper inroad uh, into us, a, a, a strength to to um, cause us difficulty uh, like almost nothing else. And so when you have come from uh, a background um, of sexual sin, or when you just, uh, you didn't say you're taking a purity class because you came from sexual sin, but if that was the case, uh, but, but you're saying, no, I want to live a holy life. I want to be a light for Christ. And the enemy is going to do everything that he can to, to stop that. He wants to be sure that he destroys any fruitfulness your life will have, and all he can do is attack. One of the things that helps me always is to remember, and I pray for my uh, nightmares and dreams every night before I go to bed. Lord, protect our hearts, our dreams, our nightmares, and our bodies physically. 
And when when I'm, I'm I pray that prayer, I know that I'm I'm still going to be attacked, um, but I remember that I'm in safe hands, and it's just something that you've got to be ready for and prepared for. Don't let it catch you off guard. Uh, but it, it what it means is that that he knows and is concerned. The the devil knows and is concerned that you've decided to turn your heart just to him. Sam, does that make sense to you? It makes perfect sense. Thank you so much. Okay. My pleasure, Sam. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we had to do a, a program. I don't want to do it because we get attacked, but we had to do a program on spiritual warfare um, one, one day because it's just, and especially how the spiritual warfare takes place between marriages and tries to stir one against the other. So, Well, you can hear the music. We've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. I know Paula's got some brilliant stuff to talk about on the other side of the break. You're listening to the date day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh, live in studio with the most beautiful girl in the world. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program, 340-9585. Did I say earlier how stunning Paula looked today? I got a little white t-shirt on. <laughs> well, maybe it's because I got my nails done, right? That's it, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's just you. Oh, my goodness. Can we move on? <laughs> well, that's up to you. It's your show. <laughs> it's my show, yes. Thank you, though. Um, you know, I was talk- as Sam was talking, because uh, and I don't want to disclose too much of my study, because I might talk about it a little bit when I get back. And we have people in Houston area that listen every day. Uh-oh. Okay. So, <laughs> But anyway, you know. Uh, in fact, a lot of people in Houston yeah, listen to the program. Um, Talking about the Good Shepherd is my the last study that I'll be doing, and it's, um, it, but it's a comparison of the Good Shepherd and the Bad Shepherd. And as Sam was talking about the sexual purity thing, I, I said, because I'm going to say this in my study, the devil, one, is a liar. We know that, and that's his native tongue. That's all he does. But he's also a pimp. The devil's a pimp, and he wants to get everybody involved in sexual immorality of one sort or another, you know, and um, tolerance is the, is the thing he, he loves to jump on now because that's the new thing that's tripping up our whole world is LBGTQPI, what, ABCDEFG. Um, but when I'm talking to ladies in particular, I always say this, um, especially to new believers, you know, because they're just barely out of that old sheep pen into the new and those false sheep um, try to get back in and drag you out Um, and so the devil wants the good girls now you know to come back to those thugs to those you know no good guys who never were really good to them in the first place but you know the devil wants to blind their eyes to that well the devil wants to keep guys like Sam Going back, you know, we got now our Reuben who keeps saying he can't break free most of the time. Well, that's the devil, the pimp, who wants to keep you strung out. And um, he's also a drug dealer. You know, you I, 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 well, yeah, because I, I just always think when, when, you, when you say that, that, that we have a choice to listen to the liar or to the Lord. And the Lord says... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And, and, and we don't own that. We really don't own that. We think, I'm helpless. I've always given in. I'm going to give in again. But um, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so you can stand up under the temptation. In other words, you can have victory over it. That's First Corinthians 10, 13. Mm-hmm. So if you just take, yeah, we're more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. If God is for us, who can be against us? If we own those those promises by faith, 
it's amazing the supernatural power that we have at our disposal. Yeah, you just like you're saying. Um, for me, you know that uh, the next one is the the devil is a drug dealer. Alcohol, you know, alcohol, nicotine, um, heroin, and now the, the the drug of choice. Everywhere you look, there's CBD places. You know, oh, it's not a it's not an injection. You can just eat it or put it on on your skin as a cream now. Um, but the devil's a drug dealer for me. The Lord told me, I want you to put the alcohol down. You're going to be a pastor's wife. And it's like, oh, man. You know, that's how I, yeah. I chilled out. You know, oxycodone, even even prescribed pain medication, people get thrown out on. He's He doesn't want you in your right mind. Yeah. He wants to influence our ability to think right. And we just fall into that trap so often. Yeah. And not relying on the Holy Spirit, but relying on all those other things instead of the power of Christ. Where's the power of Christ in our lives? If I'm, if I can't make it through a day without, yeah. If we've if we've been given a sound mind, yeah. Um, why do we want to mess with that when the Lord gives us? Paul, let's take a couple of phone calls. We got sure. Juan calling on line one from San Antonio. Juan, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes, Pastor Ron, thank you for taking my call. I've got a I've got a quick question, and I, I'm hoping you can help me understand this. Uh, the devil is one being, right, one angel, but I'm wondering yes. how he can be in like a million people's heads at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you know, one. I think sometimes we confuse him in terms of his power with Jesus, who who can be everywhere at one time, who's all knowing. Um, um, Satan can't do that. Now we also know that of all of the created angels, he took a third of those angels with him in his fall, and we call those demon spirits. And so we know he has sort of a disorganized little army of of evil spirits out there, and he's always sort of directing their steps. Two things that we can remember. The first is that God is in control. They serve at the pleasure of the Lord. So uh, they can't do anything uh, other than harass and and huff and puff and try to blow your house down. But they can't physically or even mentally do anything without the Lord uh, overseeing the process. So um, he, he's, again, he's not everywhere. He can't be in all of our heads, but the demons are around us continually. In fact, one, I would suggest that very few of us are actually attacked by the devil personally, um, but, but those are are sort of the demon spirits. You know, there's there's different levels of demons and different different levels of power and, and, and things that they do. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing that we need to understand about the devil is while he can't um, read our minds, he can't get in our heads necessarily, he's the greatest student of human psychology um, uh, that isn't named Jesus Christ. Um, Satan was uh, Lucifer, the, the, the light bearer, uh, he, he um, from the beginning, um, with, with unbelievable power, this, this was an angel who had so much power. And, and as he observes what we do, as he watches what we do, the Bible says that he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for those opportunities to devour. So he understands our, our nature, our character. And so when, at his direction, a demon plants an idea in our head, uh, he's going to plant something in our head that causes us difficulty. We know that the devil can plant thoughts in our mind. He can't read our minds, but he can plant thoughts. He planted thoughts in David's mind and, and others. Um, but uh, again, there's where we have to recognize the power of God that is available in our lives. So while he can influence us, and while he is the greatest student of human psychology ever, uh, the, 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 we have to remember that we're not powerless against him, one. And when we understand that, we can respect his power without being terrified of it. And and I think that's the, the balance between blaming everything on the devil and, and thinking him insignificant or sort of a cartoonish character because he's none of those things. We need to respect his power. We need to do so. And be aware of his intentions, his schemes. Peter says we're not unaware of his schemes. Uh, that means he's always scheming to destroy us, and he knows how to. He he knows the buttons to push in every life, and he pushes those buttons and he pushes them relentlessly. And he knows our propensity to sort of give up 
And uh, that's where he wants us. He wants us to give up. And he uses depression, discouragement. He uses um, uh, temptation. But but um, he knows the buttons to push, and he's going to push them. Does, does that help, one? Yes, sir. Thank you for your for your help, and I love your show. Thank you. Appreciate it very, very much. God bless you. Let's go again to San Antonio for Norma online, too. Norma, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Thank you, Pastor. Can you hear me okay? I'm using the phone in my truck through Bluetooth. We can hear you well. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Um, I have a mother-in-law who doesn't like me, um, who tells my husband um, to leave me, get a divorce now anyway. It's going to happen eventually. And (laughs) I don't blame her fully for that. Um, I know my husband sometimes is at fault because every time we dispute about something, have an argument, he always goes to her and he tells her. So she basically knows what we're fighting about. And I guess that's where, as a mother, I, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. As a mother, you want to protect your young ones. But my husband is already 55, I'm 52, and I, and I try to tell him this is something that's between me and you. You need to stop going to your mom. And I know I can't keep him away from his mom, but when I get mad at him, I tell him I don't want to see your mom no more. But I know I cannot ask that because in the Ten Commandments, it is written, you will honor your mother, you will honor your father. So I just want to know if there's anything, any advice, other than prayer, because I do pray for her to, to kind of, you know, back off a little bit, let us live our lives. But I don't want to, uh, I don't want to say anything to hurt her either. Because I won't do that. But I mean, is there any advice that you can give me or anything that I can do to keep up that relationship? Or what can I do in this situation? Yeah, Norma, a couple of things that are important. But first, let me ask you a question. Is your husband a believer? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll deal with that in a minute. So, Paula, why don't you start? You've dealt with this with ladies a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, I tell the ladies all the time, hey, you married your husband. Uh, and so don't be complaining against him. And so you can tell, you should be able to tell your husband, hey, look, the Bible says we are both believers, that we are to leave and cleave. That means leave your mom and dad, and you and I are now one. Let us work these things out. The last thing his aged mother needs to hear is that um, his marriage isn't working out. She's already gone through her own she wants the best for her son. Like you said, um, she's going to take his side, but there should be no side. It should be you and he if there's a side, and that's the way it should be. Um, but leave and cleave, and, and not to burden his mom with with your family issues. Um, so I would be praying, yeah, for, for his mom, but I'd be praying for him um, because he's the one who needs you know, needs the prayer. Uh, he's to leave his mom and cleave to you and be the man, um, not continue to be maybe mama's boy. So that's my that's my my counsel. Okay, Norm, I've got some things here that I think are really really important. As sort of prayerfully writing down a couple of things that I hope it was Holy Spirit that was sharing with me. The first thing, and I know this is going to sound simple, um, but. It's it's anything but simple, but it is so profound. The first thing that you and your husband, that's why I asked if he was a believer, mm-hmm. is you need to stop fighting. It's not okay to argue. It's just simply not okay to fight. People tell me all the time, well, Pastor Ron, we're just humans, and you know you can't live with somebody without fighting. And, and, and my response is always the same. Well, when you're fighting, it's the flesh in control instead of the Holy Spirit being in control of your, your home and your own body, your own mouth. James talks about the damage that we do with our tongues. Uh, imagine this man that you promised to love, to honor, to obey, to cherish, and 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 uh, he, he promised to wash you with the water of the word. Mm. Um, uh, imagine how would the two of you explain to Jesus that the gift he gave to each of you, you abuse that gift. Mm. I don't mean physical abuse, you know that, mm. but... But, but you, you know, Jesus, thank you for giving me this woman. Thank you for giving me this man. 
And, 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 you know, from a human perspective, we think, well, is this how you thank me by fighting and arguing and, and um, uh, destroying what I'm trying to build here? So that's very important. And I want everybody in this audience to know, no matter how you excuse it, when you're arguing with your spouse, when you're fighting, um, that's flesh. And flesh never honors the Lord. Not ever, ever, ever. Um, you know, if I get frustrated with Paula or angry with Paula today, I'm under my breath. Why is she driving in the right lane? I would never say that to her out loud. I wouldn't, I wouldn't criticize her. I mean, she's serving me. She's drinking me places. So uh, it's important. Understand when, when I'm frustrated with Paula, I'm the one who is in the wrong. God calls her precious. How am I going to complain to him about precious? That's a, a lost fight right there. So it's very important. The second thing, as believers, go to your pastor and get counseling. Somebody in your church, staff pastor, somebody, they have counseling services available. Normally, if you go to a church, you and your husband are going to church um, that, that doesn't have pastoral counseling available to you, or if they charge for it, then you're in the wrong church. People that love you. Uh, I've got people of all ages in my church, couples, married couples who are committed to the Lord and their marriages are just abundantly fruitful. And if if you, you're in your 50s, I, I know exactly the people that I would send you to. I know exactly the people that I would send you to and and and, and you'd be in good hands. So in your church, that's going to be the case. The third thing you need to do is to be in the Word together, you and your husband. You can't be in the Word of God and possibly believe that it's okay to have fights in your home. And again, I know they're not physical fights. But this is the man that you promised God you'd love. And this you're the woman that he promised God he would love. And so in the Word, let the Word of God kind of knit your hearts together. People never appreciate this. But when you're reading the Word together, out loud, you read a chapter, he reads a chapter, you read a chapter, he reads the same chapter back to you, whatever it is, and then you just talk about it. It's amazing how supernaturally the Lord will knit your hearts together and truly make you one flesh. Next, and this is what I would say to your husband if he was the one who called, I would say, Paula talked about leaving and cleaving, that you cannot take sides with anybody in this world against your wife. Because you're taking sides against yourself. You're one flesh. You're not two people. You're one. And there's there's grace available in the marriage. But, but there's no grace available individually for people who are married and trying to find that grace themselves. So it's, it's just really, really important that you tell your husband that you need to go to your mother and say, stop. You need to demand that she stop saying bad things about about me. If she doesn't like me, I can't fix that. But if if you listen to bad things coming from her about me, then you're really listening to bad things about yourself. That's what I would tell your husband. He needs to grow up, cut those strings, and say, Mom, I love you. I'm going to honor you. And you, you're right, Norman. Never, ever, ever tell your husband he can't go see his mom. But just say, when you see your mom, the way to honor is not to complain to her. The way to honor is to love her and show her the work that God is doing in your heart. And you know, sometimes men have got to man up and say, you know, you're talking about my wife. Don't ever talk badly about my wife. And that will honor her, and and then the Holy Spirit will have a way. Um, remember always that you're fighting the same battle. And as long as you keep giving the enemy an opening uh, by fighting and disagreeing, um, he's going he's gonna to keep pounding. So you've got to proactively do that. And the way to do it is to fight. Learn to fight. Ephesians chapter 6 will give you sort of the outline of how to fight spiritually. But the problem isn't that you don't know how to fight. The problem is that you're not close enough. The two of you are not close enough to Jesus. You've got to get together in an equally yoked relationship, and by that I mean a passionate relationship, and these things will go. You know, Paula, uh, let me say one thing, and, and, and people are often critical of me when I talk about this. Um, the, the fact that, that I say fighting is never okay, 
having ugly thoughts about your wife and not taking those thoughts captive is never okay, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, people say, well, well, you know, you're going to have disagreements. Well, everybody has disagreements. You're different people. That's why God brought you into my life, because you're so different than me. I really needed you. Don't know yet why God brought me into your life. Oh, my goodness. But, but my <laughs> yeah. point is that we, as Christians, we need to learn to handle disagreements in a godly way. And, you know, I, I say often that, that if a husband and wife will agree together to agree with God, then there's no argument. You want one thing, I want one thing. All we got to do is see what Jesus wants, and we've already agreed to do that. And that makes all the difference in the world. So, Norma, I'm actually going to be praying for you. I'd, I'd appreciate if you'd keep me posted. Um, find somebody in your church. Go to a pastor, somebody that he knows and trusts, uh, if he can't do it himself. But the idea here is that uh, you've got to repent of, of your sin. You can't blame him. He can't blame you. You've got to repent of your own sin and, and that you have allowed this distance between you, this fighting to come up in your home uh, is just the beginning unless you guys attack it viciously. Mm-hmm. So repent. Acknowledge that it's sin. It's not just people being people. It's people being sinners. And Jesus has the answer for mm-hmm. sin. And and you might want to start with Ephesians chapter 6, um, verse, well, all of it starting in verse 10, but in particular, verse uh, 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And um, And mighty powers. These are strong, strong powers. Yeah. And, you know, Ron is my gift. And like he was saying, and I'm, I'm to treat him as such, but to remember, there's sometimes when, like today I had an attitude, I said this at the start of the, the show, sometimes just a thought or even a word spoken or an action taken from the people outside of my, my brain even, um, if they say or act a certain way, then my flesh wants to respond to that person instead of remembering it's an outside evil ruler who's trying to twist the thought. That's why the Lord says to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so when your husband says something um, one day that was okay, and then the next day, because maybe you're in a mood, he says something, the same thing, you respond in a different way, you will know that you're, you're in that battle against uh, the evil authorities. It's not your husband. And for, for everybody in the audience, you can't win that battle if you're not in the Word. It's just that simple. Yeah. You cannot win the battle. Um, Satan is looking for Christians who are sort of separated from God's Word, separated from the will of God, uh, and that's where he's going to find that he can wreak havoc, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Paula, we are inside four minutes for the program because we talk so much, so... What do you want to say in the last four minutes? Okay, in the last four minutes, because I'm really excited about people getting saved. So, this is what I used to tell my kids. Do the right thing. Make it easy, (laughs) not hard. Make it easy and not hard. And you think about people who, like at church, they come, they hear the exact same message that everybody else hears. Some come to the altar and get saved, some come to the altar and repent, you know, because they are saved and they've kind of fallen away or whatever. And then others sit there with their hands crossed, can't wait to get out. What's up with that, Pastor Ron? <laughs> you know, Paula, the, the, when I give invitations, and, and every time I teach, I give invitations. Um, but especially on Sundays when the most people are here, you can see the tension. Uh, you can see how much people hate an invitation. Um, I got to take action. I got to change my life. I'm not ready to do that yet. I don't know about this. And you can see it. And the the truth is that um, we're not really smart. <laughs> we're really not smart. We we'd rather go the hard way than the easy way. And and while I, as a pastor, would love to be able to condemn everybody who takes the hard way out, is come on, you're smarter than that. 
I was one of those people. I had to lose everything. And I had precious living in my home and, 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 and a living, breathing example of, of the joy of the Lord. Uh, so I think that's just the way our human nature and, and uh, uh, one of the things that we've got to remember is that God is going to take us as far as we need to go to get to that point where we cry out to him. And if we don't, things get worse. If we, if we do, things get better. Only Jesus has the answers. And uh, the, the truth is, um, we just aren't that smart. It's like you said last night, we think we're okay, or and we think we're going to be okay, yeah. apart from Jesus. You know? Yeah. I, I, I would convince myself, because it would help me get to sleep, I'd convince myself that whatever the crisis was that was going on in my life at that time, and there were a constant series of them, mm-hmm. um, whatever the crisis was, oh, I've got a, a, a way to figure it out. Yeah. And then I get the next morning and think about what I'd figured out, and it was, that was dumb. That's not going to work. <laughs> but it, it helped me sleep at night. So mm-hmm. that's the mental you game that yourself. we play. You, okay. We kid ourselves. Yeah. And that's what we do with the help of an enemy. Uh, and, um, you know, I, you, you mentioned earlier today, Matthew, Levi, saying, uh, Jesus said, follow me, and he left. Mm-hmm. Um, Saul of Tarsus having to go the other direction. Yeah. Hey, we are out of time for the show today. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Word of Santa for Life, the date day edition on Thursday. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And I know he loves you, and I want you to know how much he loves you. Please pray for Paula. She's gone this weekend. And pray that ladies will get saved. See you later. And pray for my husband, because when I'm gone, (laughs) it takes a village. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.